every horror movie on netflix with a show where we discuss and watch and talk about but not always in that order every also, horror movie on netflix we also argue about them sometimes sometimes we argue uh i'm chris back again here with steven hi and patrick hello well we kind of reversed the order there. we can't reverse yeah, the was, order that's fucked up I'm, I'm, I'm still i'm still staggering from that shakeup. and uh this week we watched conjuring spirit a vietnamese horror movie and i kind of want to reverse the order I, this is the kind of movie that makes you glad we have a spoiler room oh for sure jesus christ holy I, fucking shit. i just watched this movie and I, I i'm still speechless you think it's over wait did you watch it today i watched it today oh me too okay you think it's over and then in the last what three minutes during the falling it action the whole movie. they pull some shit on you i mean like and it's shit it's bullshit we're gonna talk Let's about it we're gonna talk about it in the spoiler room i mean it's some saw level like last minute just rewriting everything you think you know about so, the movie so, in the dumbest wait, fucking way i have a serious question though is this the third or the fourth movie in the conjuring franchise oh it's the third and a half Okay. It, be- it comes it's like platform nine and three quarters. Yes. Okay. It comes between the Conjuring Annabelle and the Conjuring Annabelle Origins Wolverine X Men Origins. <laughs> and you have to just take the leap and go through the the brick wall to get to it, right? Yes. Between those films. Okay. Yes. It's kind of yeah. We all sustain concussions getting to this film, Conjuring Spirit, between the Annabelle films. But you know, usually. Um Usually, I, I think it's a spoiler just to say that there's a twist ending of any sort. But in this case, I'll make an exception. We just got to call a spade a spade. The twist ending is just such a crime. It's, it's, it's so far out there that there's you can know it's coming. You'll never see it coming. Patrick told me he was screaming at the end of this movie. And I was like, because there's some things, they hang some things out there. where like, oh, I think there's going to be a twist maybe about this, about that. Fuck no. It's just so much worse than you could have ever imagined. No, I'm glad there was a twist because I didn't really see the connective tissue anywhere in this film. Like, like I was, I was like waiting for an explanation. The twist actually helped sort of wrap things up for me in a nice, tidy way. I don't know if I would say that, but it did have me screaming. It had me cackling. And then I tried to take a did little... Did you scream? Oh, I was like going... Ah, and like 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 laughing i was i was laughing out loud and then i tried to take a nap between watching this movie and coming here and my like adrenaline oh, was pumping i couldn't stop thinking about it i, I couldn't fall asleep we had the same routine today <laughs> okay so i you guys both watched this movie today i watched it on tuesday and I've had, <laughs> just live I've, with this. i've had some insomnia issues this week and now i'm wondering if it's attributable to watching conjuring spirit oh you wouldn't God. doubt it <laughs> all right well we're gonna get to all that much later on in the in the program but let's start where we should start with the opening line of this film i won't abort our child i won't abort our child and that was the moment i was like this is a strong view it so far for me literally second one of this movie you you hear that line spoken in vietnamese but subtitled of course there's Which no makes it all the more impactful prologue yeah. there's no visual setup it's just boom i won't abort our child i, I, I can't abort our child is what i wrote down and you, i watched it today 
not that it's that big of a difference, but I think it's I wrote down, more I won't abort our child. You one immediately of us, one know. of us is wrong. But you, it's like, oh my god, like what a great opening line for a movie. Like what a great inciting incident. Like we're already in the middle of it. And, yeah. and you already know this movie is by Alfonso Cuaron. <laughs> <laughs> why is that? I don't know why I don't even know why I'm laughing at that. Chris has a conspiracy theory that all of Alfonso Cuaron's movies are secretly pro-life which he and i have argued about a lot i, mean, I children wrote in of my men, notes is this movie pro-life children of men and <laughs> and gravity are overtly pro-life i haven't seen Roma. i would dispute even that but we okay, don't need to get, into, need to it get today. into that why do you think they're like political statements though he, he just like really loves the preciousness of a baby that's fine uh, i don't <laughs> think sure but a baby can be a symbol for hope for the success of the human race without you're actually him, helping chris's argument <laughs> without <laughs> him being anti-abortion okay All but right, we fine. don't we don't need to don't take need to that snake's that. hand today you got it i, I remember that not, yeah. not the wizard's hand yeah the wizard's hand <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah great great soap opera drama in the first 30 seconds of this movie. Oh my god. Well, like, I okay, through much of this movie. Well, like, I want to know what happened in, like, the like the 20 minutes before that conversation. There's wine yes. on the table. Yes. Who, like, who initiated this conversation, and what was the pretense of it? We should say it's a woman and a man, and the man can only be described as the ultimate garbage human. He's, like, wearing a tank top and a gold chain, and he's just smoking cigars and drinking and saying cigarettes. horrible things. To, oh, cigarettes. But they're, but they're so, they're shot in such close-up. They he look smokes like it cigars. like a cigar. Like, he, like, inhales and <laughs> yeah. leaves it in his mouth while he exhales. It's like, that's not how you smoke a cigarette. I would know. Um, yeah. Well, and Stephen, when you ask, what is the pretense or the context for this scene the context is he has impregnated her and wants her to abort her child yeah and she refuses no but i mean like how did they arrive at like this particular place in time in this setting and wine on the table for this conversation I don't need to know. like i feel like she's revealing to him in that moment that she had the child how could he have known that previously fair question it was very odd to me. Like, we begin with them just sort of drinking and talking, and then it gets heavy real quick, and it seems kind of unnatural. It, like, I was immediately kind of, like, alarmed. What, what's even more alarming is the fact that he momentarily pretends that he's acquiescing to her demand to keep the child. Yeah. And then offers her a glass of wine, which she chugs. Yeah. Like, she just inhales that glass this is of a wine pregnant woman. just tosses it back yeah. yeah well and then she throws at him i have your wife's phone number and then he just says i, I didn't understand your feelings and hugs her well, yeah that's yeah but <laughs> with that threat we know he's not really making up to, with her of course you know, he puts the pill on this it. dude's a straight up sociopath and and you think it's you know maybe just gonna be like you know a, a, the pill's gonna give her a miscarriage or something but no the pill straight up like presumably kills her kills in the her. opening scene and it's like wow that was fast yep. problem solved i guess oh yeah i mean this so i mean movie over movie <laughs> over <laughs> yeah i mean i don't you know i don't i don't want to tip my hand about my rating but uh i did not like this motion picture <laughs> thank you june <laughs> but 
when Chris texted me with the hot take, like 30 seconds in, he was like, I love this movie. It's great. I'm I said, so I'm 30 happy. 30 seconds in, and this is a strong view at so far. And I mean, I can't disagree. Like, I in that first scene, I was like, okay, you know what? I mean, it's it's serving me some hardcore soap. It's serving me plenty of it's action. Like a, it feels like a Paul Verhoeven movie. You know, it's just like, oh, it feels yeah. like pure trash good, yeah, for the first, 30, first, like, five minutes. Give me that soap, baby. I want it. Clean me yeah. up. Give Clean, me those suds. Rub a dub. <laughs> Three I mean, men in a tub. <laughs> I mean, it kind of maintains that vibe. I don't know that it ever like lets go of the trash vibe. I just don't think it ever rises above it. And especially like just the conclusion it arrives at is so <laughs> absurd. Right. Tell me how you we'll really feel. Patrick. We'll, we'll get there. Well, though. now that we have the most exciting things that we just couldn't keep ourselves from talking about yeah um, what happens between the beginning and the end i don't fucking remember it, it, the beginning uh, is sensational the end is sensational and i don't know what's in between so you, uh, it's really complex <laughs> yeah uh, you guys is, both watched it today the, yeah, so is, i'm relying on a, you chris has more of a mind for plot than i do so he can he's probably the, the he most authoritative person to line to lay this out for us. he's very logistics oriented i can set up the plot but i just want to mention again that this is a vietnamese horror movie it's subtitled and it's always you know we always have a hard time digesting foreign films a little bit because we just don't know the cultural context the context of a lot of stuff. i will say this film was like pretty i felt like it was pretty well directed like I felt like I I felt like it was like very kind of western in its its handling of of framing and camera movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one problem I had is like the translation I hope and assume was very poor. Yeah. Dumbed down at Most least. Most dialogue came across as like insanely simplistic and juvenile. Yeah. And I just kind of gave it a pass on that. I'm like, "All right, I'm just going to worry about what's happening on screen between these characters. How well are they acting? What can I read?" In their interactions with each other, mm-hmm. I feel like, like as a film, pretty well made. Honestly, that's an interesting point about it being very western because I am not—I don't know—it's possible I've seen a Vietnamese film before that I can't remember, but I don't think I've seen a Vietnamese film before. And I was uh, Apocalypse Now, uh, Hearts and Minds. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's actually Thank a you. good point, but. Wait, how is that a good point? Well, just that as Americans, our perception of Vietnam Vietnam as a country is colored so much by like the Vietnam War and all the culture Mm. that's come out of that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, our perception of what Vietnam is like comes from Apocalypse Now and the deer hunter, you know. (laughs) Well, let me tell you how dumb I am. Like if if I if you had not told (laughs) me. Please tell us how dumb you are. (laughs) If you had not told me this movie was Vietnamese, I would have assumed it was I would have assumed it was like japanese maybe well they live in a japanese style house as they also say sure explicitly in the first yeah yeah like i I wouldn't have known i don't think i've ever seen a vietnamese made production yeah and i I was i was curious going into it to see you know if there were unique cultural hallmarks or whatever unique kind of filmmaking ticks that might turn up but yeah it, it feels very much in the way it's shot the visuals whatever acting style for the most part very western pretty standard well that that makes sense because we you know, Hollywood leads the world in film production. So every other culture has had to like basically adapt to or accept and reject Western rules of filmmaking. Mm. And I don't know what the history is in Vietnam. Like, I feel like, I don't know if it's like a fledgling industry or if it's been around for decades and we didn't know about it, but I'm sure it began with an appreciation of Western films. Yeah. I mean, yes. 
I was looking at the credits and the the opening credits and, you know, lots of Vietnamese names there. Oh, I think I know what you're about to say. Well, I was about to say the director of photography. Oh, no, that's not. Oh, actually, yeah, there are two funny things about the credits. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Crazy credits. The the director of photography did not have a uh, overtly Vietnamese name. So it may have had a, you know, Western guy shooting it. Um, mm. You should throw that on again. Crazy credits on imdb.com. Crazy credits. Well, the crazy credit mm-hmm. is the writing credit. Yes, that's what <laughs> I, I was missed thinking this. of. Please tell me, enlighten me. We both wrote it down. Yeah, and we both forgotten it. There's now. two credited writers. Okay, on this here film. they are. There's these are the writers. One of them is named Craig S. Zoller. <laughs> no, <laughs> I think it's S. Craig Zoller, isn't it? I don't know. Um, no, the two credited writers are A type machine yeah that's a whole purported so this movie human was written by a, a type machine it's written by a an type AI. machine yeah and the other one is eric martinez so yeah yeah right <laughs> what so this <laughs> how did i miss this this may explain the westernness of the film god i just sounded like john landos a type machine a type machine who is a type machine and you guys didn't google this i didn't notice it I, if no, I'd I seen that, it. if I had been paying that much attention and not petting my cat, we I denied probably... Chris's iPad. Oh no, he has his iPad. He stole it back. We tried to keep it away from him this episode because he. It's okay. We can, he plays we, on it too much yeah. if we if we let him have it. But uh, it's like having a small child. Yes, honestly. Okay, so I'm looking up a type machine's IMDb page. Yes, sons. What did you find? He's taking he's taking a what break. What did you learn at school today? He's taking a break from Pokemon Go to look up a type machine. There's a movie called Kung Fu Fo that is written by oh, a type we're, machine. We're gonna talk about it's pho, and we're gonna talk about pho later, because that's in my notes. Sorry. I don't, I don't eat pho very Steven often. wants to pho. I mean, that's the joke, but I uh, don't know. What a mystery. That's a mystery. It's used in that context in this film. Wait, so so a type machine has written other films is what you're telling us yeah maybe it's just an, a, a working name like mcg <laughs> yeah yeah just a screenwriting rock star i i do have a suspicion that mcg is a type machine so anyway <laughs> amazing uh but the, the premise of the movie we get into after that amazing prologue and basically oh, yeah, there's a premise there's a premise there's a uh young woman who's moving into an apartment complex with her oh, yeah. son, her five, her five-year-old son. Well, no, we got to back up because there's a key element we missed, which is the music box. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, we yeah. Should, okay, explain yeah, the music box. Okay, so like uh, he, he in, in the scene we just described with the woman who is pregnant with this like like drug lord or whatever the fuck he is with his baby... He drugs her, drugs her wine to kill her, and pulls out this music box to play. What is the song? Oh, it's the um, Mockingbird. Mama's gonna buy you a Mockingbird. Is yeah, that what it is? Yeah, yeah, I don't know what the name of that song is. I don't either. Like, Hush but I know little the song. Baby. Hush, that, little baby, no, don't, don't, don't say a word. Mama's gonna buy you a Mockingbird. That's not the melody it plays. No, yes, it is. One hundred percent. Let's drop in some audio of this. Why? So you're gonna get blown the fuck out? No, so you can get blown the fuck out. So he, he he pulls out this, and it's sitting on the table next to the bottle of wine that has no reason to be there for this very uncomfortable conversation. I want to talk about the music box a bit, because it's going to come up again. Okay. It's weird. It looks like a piece of salami 
<laughs> with an Australian, like the inside of it looks like like a piece of salami with an Australian like outback hunter, followed by a dog. <laughs> 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 well, that song plays. It makes no sense, guys. This music box is cargo two. Oh, <laughs> this God. music box is a uh, walkabout. <laughs> the sequel, the squeakquel. <laughs> but yeah, he plays the music box and tells her something along the lines of, "This like, is your dying song." Yeah, I think is, is the specific yeah, yeah. term. And I'm he like, uses. "Is he's a mockingbird killer?" <laughs> I was waiting for this to be a serial killer movie. Guys, what would be your dying song? What would be the song that you would want to play as you die, and then whenever it plays, you come back as a ghost and fuck people up, as this pregnant woman does in the movie? Old Lang Syne. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> would, you, would you be drinking... Clearly, a, I've thought about this. I'm just, I'm, I'm would you be a drinking a cup of Old Lang Syne as you die? <laughs> yeah. um, uh, either, either Lana Del Rey, Born to Die... Or, oh, that's too Or Lady too Gaga good. born this way. No. Or, uh, <laughs> no. or uh, Leonard Cohen leaving the table. <laughs> that was too much. Patrick. <laughs> Woo. Um, fuck, I didn't have anything prepared, actually. Um, I'm going to say you want it darker because, I mean, you already set the Leonard Cohen thing up, so I, I'm, I'm going to go with that. I mean, uh, you want it darker yeah. seems like a pretty good song to just come back. Like, I just come in and start floating around the room. The anytime. best song to die to is not always the best song to come back to. You got to think about that. Mm, but yeah. envision this. You sit down, you want to listen to some Cohen. You're like, if you are the dealer, I'm out of the game. And then I just tap you on the shoulder. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty creepy. That's pretty creepy. Pretty creepy. Anyway, where were we? <laughs> I have no idea. Um, yeah, he says oh, the, the music premise. box. We were talking about the music away, box. Yeah. Yeah, anyway, yeah, yeah. so cut to, you know, indeterminate amount of time later, yeah. a woman moves into this apartment complex with her five-year-old son. Who uh, is arguably the most adorable Moppet we've seen since Mr. Bonku. Yeah, since Mr. Bonku. I thought he's kind of an ugly kid, actually. <laughs> but <laughs> like, I wrote that in my notes. I was like, this kid is, he's ugly. <laughs> Damn, yeah, he's going after kids. We're gonna. There's a lot of beautiful people in this movie. That kid is not one of them. <laughs> um, yeah. So her her niece. He's also not given a lot of material to work with either. Like he's not like really much of a screen presence. I would say. Anyway, so continue. Child stars are fucked up enough without you <laughs> ragging on them. We're gonna. I mean, that's not any fault of mine. We're gonna hashtag that it on comes our to the territory Instagram post about this episode. Hashtag kind of an ugly top, kid. Top top five moppets in Amon <laughs> <Amon> history. <laughs> anyway, so she's got some family who lives in this apartment complex. She's got her sister and her sister's husband, and then her niece who lives with them. And then they live in one apartment. Our hero moves into another apartment. And event very in very short order is given this music box by like the landlord or the the apartment manager or someone who's at least been in the building for a long well, time. Well, no, she really go, she goes in for like a like I assumed she went in for like a like a fortune telling reading or something. Well, this actually brings me to I was very one of my points. About okay, this. this is actually one of the things where we have a cultural I mean, this landlord definitely dabbles in the mystic arts. Well, she yeah, does. no, she sits down at a table with a cloth well, over yeah. it and like all the accoutrement of a of a palm reading or something. But a lot of the we don't actually know she's like a fortune teller until much later and this was kind of a cultural barrier thing for me because I'm like, okay, I see, you know, this tapestry, I see these candles, I see these decorations and 
and me just being culturally ignorant i'm like it looks like a fortune telling it looks like how you would dress a fortune teller in a normal netflix horror movie but this movie is in vietnam i don't know if this is something no, it's that supposed a vietnamese to, person clear. would have it's clear that she's involved in the mystic arts and it my, wasn't clear to me my that thing is, is like true she later sits on. down like our protagonist uh lan is that her name lan yeah. Lan. Yes. yeah, she sits down or Lan, and I'm like, oh, I don't Lan. know who Lan. this person is. She just met sexy guitarist boy who is very sexy indeed. And oh, it God. seems like also a douchebag. We'll get to that. She sits down and I'm like, okay, I don't know why she's getting a fortune reading right now, but that's cool. Like, that's a horror trope. This seems very much in line with the Conjuring universe that I've come to know and love. And... Dude, maybe it's actually in the Ouija cinematic universe. It could be. And this movie has the most but, in common with uh, Wish Upon, actually, with the haunted oh, music box. Which I haven't, I haven't seen. seen it. Yeah, sorry. But isn't there a haunted music box in the Conjuring movies? Yes, yes. there is. Okay, okay, that's what I thought. Um, which also is this an asylum film? Oh, because of the title. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she sits down for this reading, and then she mentions that she's worried that her son B. B- B- yeah, B I is how it's spelled. B, B- is B- how it's pronounced. Is is outside and she's a little bit worried about him. So in lieu of the fortune telling experience, she's given this creepy music box. And just accepts it and leaves. Yeah. yeah. And I really didn't understand what was going well, on. Well, she just says, Hey, says, Hey, I have a five year old son. She says, Hey, Gray, I've had this music box. It'll be great for your five year old son. But of course the music box is, you know, connected to the spirit of this woman who died we find out that she died in the same apartment that our hero is now living in and there's a mystery to be solved because they start getting haunted and they have to figure out who's haunting them and why and see if they can put all the spirits to rest it's a pretty generic plot line that we've seen before in such films as a haunting at silver falls oh god don't american poltergeist (laughs) 2 it Uh, is mind-boggling to me that you remember anything about any of those films but that's only because i have no mind well, well those no, films this, i literally remember the screen caps that we have on our website and that's yeah. it for well, Hunting silver falls it's like the two twin girls in the school bus right. i mean i remember that but i remember nothing else i remember but i don't remember anything else about well that movie. Hunting yeah. silver falls was very much like this movie and that was mostly a mystery with some kind of generic spooky stuff happening and I hate this. Oh, is yes, becoming you my compared new it to what? You compared it to Goosebumps? I compared or it to something? Goosebumps because yeah, there was yeah. a young cast and it was like PG 13. Okay, I do scares, remember a few yeah. things about that now. Yeah, but. So long ago, back when we were in the early A's. But this movie is like primarily a mystery, kind of. And then the spooky stuff is kind of just in there as filler, I thought. This is becoming one of my new pet peeves. Like oh. maybe my, my biggest pet peeve in watching all these Netflix movies are these movies that where there's a ghost and we just get these really generic boilerplate haunting scenes where there's like a ghost that just shows up in shadow or there's like a jump scare mm. while someone's in the bathtub or something like that. It does nothing for me at this point. I just can't wait for these scenes to get over with. I think we need yeah, I think we need for when you have a new pet peeve, we need a musical cue like new rules on Delmar. <laughs> like like a reverse of the J theme, maybe. Oh. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I just I just it's like the Chinese water torture now. Just these these long ass scenes where there's just people walking around in their bare feet in the middle of the night and there's a ghost and they run and ugh, can't stand it. I can't stand it. I have this uh this kind of running dialogue in my mind watching horror movies, especially as we're watching a lot of bad horror movies, where I frequently wonder, like, you know, I feel I'm an anxious person, and I feel a lot of anxiety watching see, like scenes like you're describing, and I'm like, 
is that an effective scene or is it a really bad scene? I don't know because I feel anxious to get on to the next thing and that's Mm -hmm. hard to sort of separate from like I feel anxious about what's going to happen next. Like intellectually as I'm watching a film, it's really hard to do that sort of math like while it's playing out in front of you. No, I really actually kind of enjoyed all the soap opera stuff and all the scenes with the family talking to each other. And mm-hmm. I thought the characters were interesting and stuff like that. And I, I liked the drama that came up, you know, when we see the garbage human wife beater guy again later on. All that stuff was great. When it got to the spooky scenes, I was like, get this over with. I can't wait for this to be over. See, I can't even remember a spooky scene from this movie. They there just were... left zero impression on me. Yeah. Mostly what plenty, I remember again, is the soap. I... I watched it today, and like I'm like kind of already forgetting like anything that attempted to be horrific. Oh, I just remembered one, and uh, yeah, this isn't really a spoiler. This comes early enough in the movie, but when the ghost shows up and like it has a like ghost fetus. That, oh, I mean, the fetus! It, yeah, the fetus is all over this movie. I mean, I guess it wasn't spooky. Oh no, yeah, I'm remembering. A few There's now. some spooky they were scenes. Fine. The thing that does elevate the spooky scenes in this movie above some of the movies we've watched is that. They seem to often pair comedy with the spooky scenes, which I thought was strange. As if this movie is so frightening, so just like viscerally terrifying <laughs> that they felt like it would be illegal to not include a few, a few jokes and jabs and japes to, to relieve the audience. Right. You which know. is absurd, obviously. It's oh. not a scary film. And and there's some interesting things where you get some flashbacks to like the 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 death of the woman from the opening scene or you have an interesting character like the plumber who comes over. They hire a plumber and he, he visits and there's no one in the house and he oh, starts creeping. That's such and, a weird oh my god. Scene. Scene. Like, I thought like oh Sniffing I wrote down underwear. in my notes Vietnamese Udo Kier sniffing panties he comes over he kisses like Lon's family picture with B. He's like I'm going to give you a little kiss and he kisses it. And then he like starts sorting through her fucking puts hamper. her lipstick on. Well, that's right. He puts her lipstick on. Yeah. He's what we call an escalating fetishist in the in the profiler business. <laughs> I that's a new term Thank to you. me. Please please Thank, explain. What are the rules? Thanks, for Jim any- Smith. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he like pulls a, a pair of her panties out of her like clothes hamper and starts rubbing them down his body. Oh and, yeah, like, and it's all just played for be- comedy though. It's all played. I mean, is it's, it? It, it's eerie, but it's it doesn't give you the same sensation as like Gerald well, and thirteen not, cameras. There's not any eerie music or anything. House. It's just sort of like, oh wow, look at this freak. But and his reactions though are so over the top. He is a comic character doing things that aren't really funny and are kind of unsettling. But I think he's a com. He does intended to be a comic character. That's and what then, I thought of mm-hmm. Udo Kira. I thought of like Udo Kira's character. He looks like Udo Kira, but he looked like his character in My Own Private Idaho, where he's like singing his like old German pop song, holding the lamp, you know, bobbing, <laughs> bopping across. You know, you know what I'm talking about, Patrick? I'm, I vaguely remember this. Yeah, yeah, it's just it's like it's creepy, but it's mostly hilarious and uncomfortable. And why? Just because we need a ghost scene, and so we put in the ghost scene, and he dies in kind of an inventive way, I guess. Um, oh yeah, wait, how does he die? He falls into the tub, and then the tub fills up from the bottom oh, with, right, mud, with mud. Yeah. And then he has an asthma Mud is a big thing in this, in this movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the that's the ghost's uh, sort of her her ectoplasm. Yeah. We haven't really talked about like Lon's like very sort of tepid romance at all. Oh yeah, that's a good little subplot. Oh god, yeah. it's Patrick so weird. Like, it. like you know, we so as soon as she moves into this complex with B, she meets this like really. I mean, personally, I find it very attractive, but this pretty cute. Uh, guitarist boy. Yeah. Who quickly escalates into an alarming douchebag. 
Oh, I mean, immediately uh, is an alarming douchebag. And then, like, first, I mean, this is the main reason I keep going, ugh, every time we mention him, is because his character is completely inconsistent. Like, he's a douchebag from square one. His douchebaggery increases rapidly in the scenes after that. Why did you guys think that. he was such a douchebag? Like, the moment he encounters her, he's coming onto her in, like, an extremely forward way. Yeah, but it was... Um he's he his character i think is a nerd who is kind of uh and i think he even says something like this you know he's kind of faking confidence until he he makes it i think you're projecting he, no, <laughs> well i, I think projecting. you are but like if he's faking he's faking it way too hard like the first scene i thought was really cute just because i was like i mean personally he's like my type okay. i was like enamored by this person's like physical appearance and he seemed kind of sweet but then, like, the second time we meet him, he's wearing, like, a fucking, like, basketball tank top and doing the moonwalk, and Ugh. it just gets worse from there. That was, that, he was, he was cute, he was a cute character, he was, I don't think he but was But he's also too forceful. I there was never one, found No, there's one point in the movie where, okay, so he's a musician, he's got a gig, he's invited Lon to go to the gig. Oh, yeah, that was a little douchey. And... He says to her, like, he like he oh, should be God. happy she showed up, and then he says to her, I have a gig on Saturday night, I want you to come, and I want you to look sexy. Yeah. And I'm like, as if she's not sexy enough, like, in her everyday clothes, as Jonathan Richmond would say. <laughs> he wants her to, he's like telling her, like, slut it up for me, baby. Yeah. Like, that's horrible. Yeah, that, that is true. And, like, the movie doesn't seem to think there's anything wrong with that. You're right. Yeah. See, to me, from Square One, that was him. That was not surprising to me. He was just an obnoxious character from Square One. Strong, but uh, uh, yeah, I guess. But like, not like I didn't feel like the initial interaction was like so alarming that I'm like, oh my god, fuck this guy. But it could be the cultural difference too. I'm like, okay, well, this is maybe how like men and women interact in that culture. But there was nothing as strong as like dress sexy for me next time. <laughs> I, I all I can say is that by the end of the movie, when I was expected to believe in him as some sort of hero or protagonist, let alone a viable love interest for her, I was like, "Wait, what? This is the same douchebag from like thirty minutes ago." I'm supposed to be rooting for this guy now and rooting for his romance I, with Lon. I was I, intellectually, I can appreciate that he was a douchebag now, but it worked for me in the movie. I, hmm. I liked him. What can I say? Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I didn't like him. Very sexy man. Total douchebag <laughs> character, though. Wait, did you find him attractive? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I was fine. I know you. you were. And I played into it just to be nice. Speaking of a very sexy man. Ooh. Talk about our villain. Jay. Zong. <laughs> well played. I wish so many times that Jay would show up in this movie. Oh, my God. Oh, he would have been great. Yeah. He would have he solved this problem in the first 30 minutes. Though. Oh, It'd for be no sure. Movie. Yeah, no, he would have shown up in the first five minutes and just fucking stabbed the drug lord dude. Yeah, I, I don't. We assume he's a drug lord because he's rich, and yeah, I thought he just got rich by being horrible at women. And I, if you just get a gold chain when that happens. <laughs> if you, if horrible if you're, at if you're, women. If you're horrible enough to women, you earn your gold chain. <laughs> um, his name's Zung. And they, Ooh, that just sounds sinister. And they live in the van. Zung. They live in the Zung. van Zung building. So if you know you're Dutch, the of Zung building, Zung's building, because he owns the place. He owns the building. So he's around the periphery of our hero, and we know this guy's a horrible dude. And there's some tension there. And everything they had to do with Zung, I 
was into because I hated Zung from the first scene. I wanted to see him get his. And anytime we, I thought we were getting closer to that point, I was totally interested in what was happening. I was super confused for like a good swath of this movie because I thought, so when Lon moved into the apartment building and was interacting with Zung, my first thought was, was that like his ex-partner that he broke up with? he cheated on to have the abortion baby like did you guys think that at any point during this movie? i thought possibly just because we see we meet that lon was his yeah that lon was the woman who presumably died in the first scene no 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 that lon was like the person oh, he was that cheating he on, on with the woman in the first scene oh like i thought like, no i did like, not assume like, that like i i mean i assumed it only because of like like screenwriting rules it's like why are we suddenly focusing on this new person well we know she's interacting with him we know from the first scene that the murder victim was this the other woman and that Zong yeah. was married and yeah. then we also know that our new hero had a, is estranged from her husband who was cheating exactly. on her and we've known each of them for like mere seconds and seen them exactly so, and then when you see her in flashback it's easy to think that she's and there's hero. a scene where they cross they they like pass by each other on the stairwell and like they don't seem to recognize each other but it seems somehow awkward and i was like I think I'm wrong, but I don't know. And then yeah. it took like another like 15 minutes for me to realize, like, okay, that's not where this movie's. Going I had the all. same thought, but I dispelled it pretty quick. Well, like that would have made logical sense, sure. like for her to like accidentally move into like her douchebag ex partner's place, mm-hmm. um, and for there to be some conflict there. But this was all the stuff that I was really interested in. Nothing to do with the ghost. Oh I mean, no, I didn't think I didn't think about the ghost at all. I like, think kind of like with clinical, I wasn't really afraid of the ghost because I knew the ghost. I got to know her in the first scene, and I'm like, this ghost is a victim who should get her revenge. She deserves her revenge. You, wait, wait, wait! Don't you, re- s- you remember clinical? <laughs> I was going to say, don't speak the word clinical in my house. <laughs> keep that, keep that out your mouth. <laughs> Yeah. Um. So we should also like start to set this up that because I don't think we've referenced this at all yet that one of the reasons Lon is like moving into this new living situation is because she has a presumably abusive husband who she's running from. Yeah. Sort of vaguely referred to. Um. I'll, Very or vaguely maybe not abusive, but definitely There's an some adulterer. problem with the husband. He's an adulterer. Was the main problem. Yes. But but they do a good job setting all this up. I thought the pacing of the movie was fairly good at the beginning. This is actually one of my big frustrations with the movie. At about 30 or 40 minutes in, all the characters have come to the conclusion that, yes, there's a ghost, and the music box is haunted. And I'm like, great. I'm so glad we don't have to see any more of these slow, spooky scenes where no one knows what's going on. I'm like, let's get to the next problem, which is solving the mystery, avenging the murder, killing Zung, whatever you got to do, because that's all the stuff I'm interested in. But then, like, the next hour of the movie is them continuing to fuck around with the music box and and the ghost. And the music box is, like, totally arbitrary from the moment it appears on screen. Like, it really does feel like this is an asylum movie trying to play on, like, the Conjuring franchise with the the whole music box thing. There's no rules to the music box. No, it just appears. And, like, as we discussed, it appears in the most random fucking moment. Like, you think a character is about to get, like, a fortune-telling reading... And she's just given a music box to help, you know, quell her anxious child. It's ridiculous. This is the stretch of the movie where I feel like I just lost time. If you had asked me to draw a fucking clock during this stretch of the movie, like the numbers one through 11 would just be assorted along the like, lower two thirds like, of the clock. It would look like the clock from the Hannibal. Yes. TV yes. That is what <laughs> I'm referencing. I sent you recently a link to. Yeah. A clock that you can buy that looks clock. like that. I, I need it. That. I need yeah. it. But yeah, I, I feel like I 
Well, I mean, earlier in the podcast, I said that I remembered nothing between the beginning and the ending. I do remember now, like, all the, the, the setup stuff where she's, you know, moving into her new living arrangement. I, there's all the, I, I don't you know, know. what movie, is this fucking just like, shit that goes on in between? Wall, what do you remember? <laughs> it, like, in, like, in the interim between beginning and the end, what do you remember? What strikes you? The fucking, Anything? the weird rock concert. Oh my god! Anytime that to, there's music, the, the first time she goes to see like her like guitarist, what's his like, name? Do we remember his boyfriend? Name? I don't have his name. It's like uh, we'll call him Chris. It's like he's playing it like <laughs> I did relate, especially when he asks her, "Am I hot?" and she says, "No, you're silly." But uh-huh. cute. I was like, all right, I identify with this. I guy. related to that so hard. Yeah. Oh, silly, oh, but, I, I actually wasn't trying to. Uh, <laughs> silly but cute is my brand. So I was. I wasn't. Same, I wasn't. Same, I wasn't, I wasn't trying to draw that parallel by calling him Chris. Chris, That's we okay. have a lot more in common than I realized. Yeah, we'll but, call like, him Steve. She, showed, she like she shows up to his concert, and it's like it's unclear what time of day it is or night. But it seems like it's like pre happy hour because there are two people in the bar while he's yeah, playing. Yeah, they're actually he's practicing. Oh, he's just yeah, practicing. He's practicing okay. in the bar, and she goes to him because she's concluded that the music box is eerie. He's practicing, and um, oh, this is before she shows before up to be the sexy. Second time, right? Yeah. Um, he he he. <laughs> That's our T-shirt. This is before she shows up to be sexy. Yes, we need T-shirts. That's a great one. Just a couple of heels in the bottom of it. <laughs> She comes with the music box because he's a musician, so he's a music expert, as demonstrated by his Michael Jackson moonwalk that he tries to do in his like second scene. What's funny is like I was packing shit up in my apartment while I was watching this movie, but like only rarely did I step away from the screen. I came in when he said, "Oh, I was just doing the moonwalk." Oh, and you had to back I it missed, up. No, I didn't back up. <laughs> I didn't see it at all. He does. He actually did the moonwalk. Uh, no, it was it was a, he basically was walking backwards. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Good. I didn't miss anything. So it's kind of a joke about what a what a dork this guy is. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. But yeah, she goes to him with the music box because, oh, you're going to know something about this music box because you know music. Pretty arbitrary. And it's really just an excuse to get a spooky scene with him and, and the ghost. Um, you know, well, they- there's nothing spookier, you know, in the wake of, of, of the new HBO documentary about Michael Jackson than trying to be like Michael Jackson. That's right, listen, scary. I have so many thoughts on that that we are yeah, let's not, not let's get not into. go down that uh, wizard's hand. That's a, that's a, that's a wizard's <laughs> hand for sure. That's a that's a witch's tit if I've ever heard one. Oh, baby. <laughs> Speaking of looking sexy, though, male gaze all over this fucking movie. Oh my god! Yeah, if you're a woman, you're gonna have a rough time. If you're yeah. <laughs> there's nothing else, there's to, nothing else to say like like you'll also have a rough time with this movie like we, we and if you're if you're if you're a fetus you're gonna have <laughs> the worst time possible. if you're a fetus this movie will be severely traumatic for you we yeah. haven't even talked about i mean like we've like we've talked about events beyond when the fucking fetus shows up the ghost fetus in this yeah moment. which is you know a, a ghost fetus not something you see every day yeah. Something I wish I didn't see ever, let alone every day. <laughs> yeah, because you have the ghost, the, the the murder victim ghost haunting, and then every now and then, you know, for for flavor, she's got this for ghost flavor. fetus that she like pulls out of her dress Just and crush up that fetus in a little bowl <laughs> she and shows sprinkle you. it on the dish. <laughs> she shows you the fetus, or or the fetus kind of like pushes through the woman's stomach, like like oh, Freddy coming like through the wall. Awesome scene. Sure. But would be better served in a movie that earned that scene. Oh, yes. Right. That was a thing I remember. 
Yeah. 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 The scene but where just, the fetus is like inside the ant's belly, I think. Mm-hmm. And is like trying to push its way out. Ant Knock, I think her name was. That that's basically it. That's basically it. Um, that's basically that's it. The movie. Like, there's not a lot of scary scenes. The one we've described, like two of them, which are most of them, or three of them, but also the the cleaner dude. Um, it's a fucking mess of a movie. They, like, they the feel extremely time. obligatory. The spooky scenes seem extremely obligatory. They feel forced and forced. Yeah. And the heart of this movie, and I think there is some heart to this movie, is in the scenes where there's family members talking to each other, and we're picking away at the mystery about Zong and, and the murdered woman. That's the interesting stuff. I really think they were kind of going for the mystery thing because our hero is a is a mystery writer. That's one of her character traits. She's a she writes that's detective right. stories. Detective ah, That's right, no pun intended. Detective Q? That's fun. Yeah, something like that. Is her sort of like signature character. That's her Sherlock Holmes, if she, you will. She's like a um like a Charlene Harris type figure. Charlene Harris. Yeah. Is a Charlene Harris type figure. No, I'm saying like this character is like a Charlene Harris type oh, character. Oh, uh, I thought you said written, like, who a series is of, like, a Charlene mi- Harris type mis- figure. Mystery novels with like a Agatha supernatural bent or, or Agatha Christie. Sure. Yeah. But when, dementia. when we meet her family, <laughs> that's important. <laughs> she lost her mind after like 20 books. Come on. When know we, your history. <laughs> when we meet her family in like the early scene, uh, they're watching Ringu. Oh, oh I, right. I wrote right. down my notes, and I was going to bring it up earlier. I was like, "What the fuck? Are, is it actually Ringu, yeah. or is it like a reenactment?" No, because I've never I, seen. I Ringu. think it's actually Ringu because I looked up Ringu on YouTube to make sure. Uh, I've never actually seen Ringu either, but I do love the ring, and what I especially like about the ring is how the mystery element is so strong in the ring, and it's mostly like a, a mystery thriller, and then it has terrifying shit thrown in. Yeah, we get like 90 seconds of the Vietnamese like Scream 4. Like Basically, it's, yeah. It's just yeah. so referential, it's so comedic, like very broadly. Yeah, I was okay. worried that that was preparing me for what was to come, and thankfully that was the only moment of like meta comedy in the entire film. Yeah, it's, yeah. it seemed like very self-aware. It's like, oh, let's throw in all these horror tropes as these women who are watching Ringu, the ring, whichever one it is, um, are like freaking out about all these sort of horror tropes happening around them. Yeah. You know, they... That was fun. The, the one freak just kind of psychs the other out by wearing like a Ringu girl wig yeah. and like creeping up behind her and the doorbell rings and they're like clutching at each other and screaming and sure it's, it's a fun scene very and over I, the top i'm glad that kind of stuff is in this movie uh i am not but... i i think that they were aspiring to make <laughs> a movie in the tradition of the ring where it's like because because on paper this movie seems a lot like the ring and, and the way the horror and the mystery elements are, are teased on out. paper it seems like even more undeveloped than it really is but <laughs> do like, we yeah. need to drop in a scene where we literally see the ring on tv and then have like co- a comic response no, to it what's to the, the, the clue rule us into the fact that they're making a movie in the that rule tradition is you should never show a movie in your movie that's better than the movie you are making yeah. right of course yeah. yeah see also halloween 3 <laughs> wait what was in halloween 3 halloween how they play oh, halloween, they halloween. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's right all over the place oh god well i want to talk oh, more man. about the mystery i want to talk especially about the ending um but we can't do it without going down those creaky old steps to the spoiler room 
Oh, which is in a state of horrible disrepair. Greg has not been around to yeah. clean up things in quite a while. Just... Gregory Young has not been on this podcast in a while, and I feel like we need to do something about that. Well, we'll we'll bring him on. Yeah, at least to get these, at least to clean this yeah. place get up. These man. piles put some of new carpet on the stairs and yeah. tighten the pipes. Greg called us to like try and live stream us onto his podcast last weekend. Oh, I missed that. Like, oh, that'd be great if like he was doing the podcast the same that we were, and we could like just like chime in for like twenty minutes or something. That'd be great. Yeah, Cross guest appearance. We. Yeah. Oh yeah, we should do that. Wad versus Amon. Don v Amon. Don Wad v talking Amon. shit. <laughs> yeah. Wad. <laughs> Okay, Patrick. Yes. You already tipped your hand. Tip it the rest of oh, the way, Oh, God, baby. right? We have to review this. Are you going to view it, cue it, or shit. screw it? Oh, guys, look Conjuring at the moon. Conjuring spirit. Look at the moon. A Holy beautiful. fuck. That's a beautiful moon. Oh, that's a witching moon for sure. It's a big ass. That moon is scarier than this entire film. Full moon. I, I fully agree with that. I I'm give, in the Halloween spirit right now. You know what? I give that moon a view it with prejudice. Wish all of you listeners could see it and view it for yourselves. This movie, I give a screw it with prejudice. With prejudice. <sighs> so uh, basically, you're going to make uh, me reconsider we, we should, yeah, this. I'm we should make explain you to our listeners who maybe have not heard us use the term with prejudice for a while. I think we all have different definitions. That's the problem. I think with prejudice means like, you're basically saying it's like a, like a, a hella screw it. <laughs> like screw it hardcore. I'm saying this screw it is lit. Prejudice for me <laughs> means I have animosity like towards the people who made this movie. That's uh, what prejudice means for me. I don't know what it means for me. It just means we that should I... do a PSA. What does prejudice mean to you? <laughs> <laughs> so screw it with prejudice. Why? Because it was boring. It could, because it was boring, and then because the final twist was just so absolutely absurd and its morals were so fucking backward and fucked up that it pissed me off oh i know i i know but i know why you're screwing it with prejudice but we can't talk about it till later what yeah what yeah i can't yeah that's an ominous remark no we can't but no we're on the same page i i also would say screw it with I, I will you know what? No one asked you yet. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just kidding. It's I your usually, turn. I it's your go turn. Last I stick to my. To I stick to my screw with prejudice, though, Stephen. I will screw with prejudice. I, I feel like this film is, you know, not terribly directed or or, or you know designed. No, but I felt like it's it's a cop out. It has an ending that just totally negates the already arduous experience I had leading up until then. It's awful. Like, like I cannot recommend this experience. There's nothing to gain from no. it. No, yeah, and actually, this is perfect. This is where we get down to what Screw It With Prejudice means, because... The nitty-gritty, these, the drugs and games. <laughs> <laughs> these ratings, to me, communicate, like, what we're, what we're telling our listeners as to whether they should spend their time on this or not. View it, cue it, or screw it. And screw it means, yeah, don't watch it. To me, screw it with prejudice means absolutely no. Like, if you're thinking about, think about spending it. an hour and 52 minutes of your life on this, no, don't even think about it. Yeah. That's what that means to me. That's what screw it with prejudice means to me. Chris, what is your rating? I take exception to, to again, for me, screw it with prejudice means it's for rare cases where there's something uh, 
makes me ill about the movie and or the people who made it. I would never screw with prejudice just because the movie didn't work. I think there's a lot of heart in this movie. I think there's a lot of fun in this movie. I think the worst thing you can say about it is it just kind of doesn't land what they wanted to land. I'm going to blow your minds, though. I'm going to give oh. it a cue it. Wow. wow. Um, just because it had a lot of charm, it took some time to kind of pad out its characters to much more than I'm used to seeing in these Netflix horror movies. That's pretty fair, actually. Everything that was not spooky, uh, I thought was watchable in this movie. And it was fun. And the, huh. the ending... That is... Sorry, never mind. The, the ending, I can't say... <laughs> it's your opinion. I'm more empathetic up. than you are, Patrick. Usually I, it's... I, I can understand what he's saying. Yeah, so... <laughs> Uh, the ending was absurd, but it was so absurd that it only added to the experience of the movie for me. So I would say cue it. Again, if you don't watch it, yeah, it's totally fine. But if it's late at night, you got nothing better to do, give it a chance. So There's- you are actually endorsing the possibility that someone listening to this might watch this film. Absolutely. In its entirety. Absolutely. You're encouraging that. Sure. I would encourage someone to watch it to fall asleep, too, because I literally, in the middle of the day after a cup of coffee, like 10 minutes after a cup of coffee, dozed off for 15 minutes during this movie. (laughs) That's how he missed the moonwalk. I have watched so many movies for this show that just frustrated me or bored me or irritated me so much more than this movie. This movie was was fine. It just didn't really work, but... I mean, yes, I agree, but also this movie frustrated, bored and irritated me and i think the term watchable is incredibly generous mm, okay well we'll agree to disagree yes all right or disagree to agree well uh you can <laughs> whatever watch- you said last time we had this <laughs> argument <laughs> you, you can watch it for yourself if you want to or you can uh join us down in the spoiler room and we'll talk about all the secrets and all the plot turns you'll find out what happens to uh to these horrible characters all the spirits that we conjured everything uh so that spring now i'm worried about it getting like warmer down there and the mold mm-hmm. spores coming yeah. up yeah. it's gonna yeah. be a dangerous it's gonna affect the, the bodies under the floorboards <laughs> <laughs> okay spoiler alert <laughs> oh. all right well we'll be back in a few seconds All right, welcome back. We're down here in the spoiler room. We got a TV installed in the spoiler room, watching a little March Madness. Yeah, no thanks to Greg. For all of you listening to we this in April. <laughs> <laughs> it's coming out this week. I'm watching my bracket fall apart in real time. It's the most horrifying thing I've seen since Conjuring since, Spirit. Yeah. <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were setting up a segue there. Uh, yeah, I had Tennessee going to the... Uh, no, wait, not Tennessee. Fuck. Hold on. I had... Yeah. Nope. Nope. Fuck. Wait. Shit. I had Wisconsin. We are on the edge of our seats. I had Wisconsin Steven going... Steven just fell off his. I had Wisconsin going to the Elite Eight, and they're out in the first round. Huge upset. Got murked by Oregon. Can you believe it? I don't care. I'm really shocked. Have, I'm not going to win my million dollars on my bracket. This I don't year. have a horse in this race. He went from Be- fine to fucked. I went from fine to fuck. Speaking of fine to fuck, <laughs> yeah, let's get back Conjuring to Conjuring Spirit. Spirit. <laughs> Holy shit! So before we before we get to the what we are really here to talk about, we got to unpack some of the other plot points. Basically, the mystery really kicks off. There's a little bit of time wasting in between when they figure out it's a ghost and when they figure out that uh, Zung is a bad dude. 
mm-hmm. that comes to a head in a iconic scene where the ghost reveals that she's a murdered woman and kind of the story of her death by making all of our heroes mystery novels fly off the bookshelves fly around the room all the manuscripts loose pages flying through the air and then when the ghost leaves she has marked chapters with her muddy fingerprints that put together the story of her life because our hero coincidentally has chapters in her manuscripts with titles like the coffin the murder buried alive and my favorite the rejected fetus (laughs) (laughs) i forgot about that yeah wow Um, i think we should just retitle our podcast that the rejected fetus yeah that suits most of the movies we've reviewed honestly (laughs) we should probably change our whole like rating scale Accepted, view, view accepted it, cue it, fetus. View, view it, cue it, or rejected fetus. <laughs> accepted fetus, ambivalent fetus, rejected fetus, rejected. And you know who knows? We we, we can make fun. Yeah, I'm sure it's a little more nuanced than the original Vietnamese. I doubt it. Maybe I honestly not. doubt it. Like I think this was like, again, like this was a clear attempt at making like a Western sort of narrative in vietnamese and they just like missed all the nuance of that which is easy to do when james wan is like the pioneer of western horror films and his films are so vague fight 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 wait what oh 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 you're saying james wan is a simple formula that can be easily uh misconstrued or, or easily replicated, if like, not. Like, I'm not saying he's not a great filmmaker, but I'm saying, like, his stuff... Like, the reason he's successful is that his horror screenplays and films are, like, so streamlined that if a foreign director were to try and adapt that, it would be easy to miss the key ingredients. Well, it's funny, because 1920 London, one of our favorite films... Right, but that you know we called that the Indian Insidious at the time because it really is a a it's a a reconstruction (laughs) of like a James Wan horror movie. One of the reasons, you know, for better or worse, I'm glad we're on this journey is because I'm watching so much shit that I would never have watched otherwise, and I've never seen a Vietnamese horror movie before. I would love to say that that's like an attribute to this endeavor but yeah like i'm honestly exhausted like anytime we have to watch you can listen back to the last episode when i asked you how long is this movie and you said an hour and 50 minutes and i said oh fuck you reacted as I though mean, it were a four and a half long epic yeah because like my experience is when like, in reality it was like 22 minutes longer than the average movie we watch and for here's sure the, but- here's the thing though I was with you. Yeah, the thing is, like, like when we watch these foreign films, it's not to say, like, I'm, I'm like, happy that we've never seen a Vietnamese horror film before, right? Any of right. us. So what I I've s- never heard of one. What I'm saying is, I just, it's, I have no context for Vietnamese horror. I would have never chosen to watch a Vietnamese horror just on my own. I'm glad that this movie introduced me to Vietnamese horror. I don't know if this is a typical example of Vietnamese horror cinema, but I'm curious to see more movies out of Vietnam, especially horror movies, and see see what it's like yeah so we move along to my favorite sequence in the movie you know what it is what is it tell us it's tell us daddy tell us it's when they don't call him daddy (laughs) we've already been over this hashtag don't call chris daddy it's a hashtag now folks hashtag it 
It's the part where they go to burglarize Zung's house and figure mm-hmm. out if he's a murderer. Yeah. Meanwhile, Zung is at the club uh, drugging oh, yeah. the niece of our hero. I guess there's yeah. some ostensible tension in oh, this scene. Oh, yeah. Ostensible tension. Because he starts... <laughs> My favorite kind ostensible. of tension. <laughs> comes... The kind of tension that you don't really feel. You just kind of recognize. You just recognize that it's implied that there should be tension at this point. That it's a thing you should be feeling. It's, love, kind, of, it's, kind, love... of like, it's kind of like when you say the Pledge of Allegiance. It's like ostensible patriotism. I love like reading a... I love watching a movie feeling like I'm reading a script and recognizing tropes like that's the most fascinating and enthralling thing for me <laughs> well that's it that's, right, yeah, no no we, you're right you that's... and me need to retire for the rest of the episode chris no, keep it we're turning we're turning it over going. to you for the rest no, of the that's episode. okay I, I, you're, you're not wrong you're not wrong <laughs> no I, I knew that's where he was going uh yeah I, but you know it's 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 fun it's fun you got some some there's something there, you know? Yeah. You got Ex- to- explain it. Sorry. We we stepped all over your explanation. Just please explain what the fuck is Stepping going on. Stepping all over this movie with, with, with uh, you guys just hated this movie. It, it was Stepping it was to not Electric good. Boogaloo. It was not good. <laughs> anyway, they're, they're burglarizing the house, looking for clues to figure out, you know, Zong has to have murdered a woman. They've pretty much concluded yeah uh they find his little stash of newspaper mementos behind this giant portrait of i think the woman he murdered hanging in his living room uh not very subtle and then but zung really zung comes home early with the niece who has been club drugged, drugged and he's trying to rape her the our heroes are hiding in the closet like and while this is happening, I thought that they were going to realize what was happening and intervene, but they really don't. The niece just kind of escapes on her own, falls sure. down the stairs, and dies. Well, she doesn't yeah. die, but we think she dies for a minute. I was very concerned. They're like, oh, she's in stable condition. And, we, stable and condition. we haven't even talked about her character. Certainly one of the more annoying characters. I don't know. Annoying. I like, but again, like with all these characters, there's depth to this character. Because she's just been, bro- she's just broken up with a uh, boyfriend or had a boyfriend break up with her. And she's like kind of down the dumps. being like, oh, I, I'm never going to fall in love again early on in the movie. And then she goes out to the club with her girlfriends. They're all drinking Heinekens. And she's like, I'm so glad I dumped that jerk. Blah, blah, blah. It was fun. I mean, it's not like fucking Shakespeare, but there's like a couple things going on with even these side characters. Then I really like that. This this is a credit to you that like I think Patrick and I are probably both on the same page. Where I was like, this movie seems very thin. Well, you and, guys, and you like like you have like a higher tolerance for these sorts of films. Well, I try to find it's something like, in the movies that I like. Yeah, no, I do too. I had a hard time with this one though, and but I'm happy to hear you didn't. I was feeling the weird vibe the weird soapy vibe from moment one of this movie you know i still go into it with an open mind but here's here's my analysis of the way chris analyzes these things chris is very attentive to the way the script is written well i but not the way it's executed upon okay so you can write a script that has that makes pretenses that makes overtures towards quote-unquote character development or what i would call quote-unquote character development just because like something happens to the character does not mean to me that it's natural or that it feels natural in the script or that it's sold in a natural way through the acting and directing that's the the best description i've ever heard of why i like james cameron (laughs) yes 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 actually this is perfect yes chris what did you think of alita battle angel 
Have you seen it? I haven't seen it yet. Haven't seen it yet. Okay. This is my problem with James Cameron is that he writes these things into the script. He writes things that are supposed to be emotional and just don't feel human or real to me. James, this this felt to me like a movie that was, I mean, totally sincere. You know, like I'm not, I'm not, yes, I'm not denigrating this movie in any way. It feels like this was an attempt to make a Western style, like ghost movie. Or it was totally unsuccessful. Like it was completely sincere. The characters were like fully realized. It felt to me like it didn't fully work. And I don't have anything more to say. I have a little. Like, I, I, I have a hard time like explaining why this movie didn't work for me. But yeah, I, I like to appreciate or try to try to pick out what the writer and director are trying to do and try to appreciate on those merits a bit more. So this stuff, I mean, it was it was fun. It was fun for me to watch. It's not great, but whatever. Good little non supernatural. But it's totally non supernatural. Sure. Just like, but you got this guy who is set up as a scumbag. You really have strong feelings about him. He's going to rape a woman who is kind of delightful oh, you call her obnoxious i thought she was fine <laughs> in the really? movies yeah she's fine she was another one who pissed me off from like well not quite her first scene but that scene where we're first introduced to the douchebag guitarist where she's trying to get a selfie oh yeah with them all and like yeah. pushing lon out of the yeah, shot because she has a crush on the guy whatever so obnoxious okay so i mean all right so let's 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 get ahead with it it culminates in <laughs> yeah, basically please. a scene uh, at the end of the movie, where where the ghost becomes more and more unhinged, because they talk about things whose running time is pushing a, yeah. an hour and fifty two minutes. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. <laughs> so oh, I woke up Siri. Speaking of unleashing the devil, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so so the ghost becomes unhinged because the music box is destroyed. So she can become more and more ghostly and do crazy things like fuck right. with Zung when he's in various situations away from the account apartment complex. Eventually, somehow, our heroes, the rocker and uh, Vaughn, not Vaughn, Lon. Lon decide that, well, this girl's buried under our floorboard. She was buried alive under our apartment floorboards. Great drama. Sure, whatever. So they're going to smash the smash it apart. There's a, a weird old character Patrick described as the Vietnamese Stan Lee because he's got these big glasses <laughs> and like wispy gray hair. Wispy white hair. Wispy white hair. And just kind of like those wrinkled, like drooping eyelids and just that, I don't know, he, he just looked a lot like Stan Lee. And he's he's in he's in the movie as much as Stan Lee is in the Marvel movie. Yes. He's got like yeah. a scene and a half, and he does like a pivotal thing at the end where he like tips off the guys like, hey, they're digging up the floorboards in the apartment where you murdered that murdered that woman. And Zung is like, oh fuck no! He runs up there, <laughs> grabs a shovel, starts beating the shit out of everyone with the shovel, especially guitarist bro who gets hit so many times with the shovel he had to have died, but he didn't die. <laughs> Lan fights him. Lan gets possessed by the spirit of the murder victim and mm-hmm. basically kills Zung. And now that they've found her body, she can rest because she's going to get a proper burial. She's avenged her death and she gets a proper burial. Forensics team comes in. Amazing. And Lan can live a happy life in the apartment with her five year old son <laughs> from now on. <laughs> Did anyone find it odd that the corpse's uh, like red dress was very yes perfectly preserved? The corpse was extremely decayed, but the dress was still just vibrant red. My first thought was like, boards. "Oh wow, cool! Like 
decrepit corpse like preserved yeah like that was exciting to me but yeah the the dress looked like very freshly pressed yeah interesting yeah i didn't notice that so then we get to the steven and i said yes to the dress (laughs) (laughs) so then we get to the part and 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 so that's the end of the movie i'm like okay great so i'm I'm ready to see i'm ready to see the falling action you'd expect i want to see our hero move on with her life get past her own experience with her own adulterous husband because Mm -hmm. she's kind of seen zung and, and avenged another woman's bad husband I want to see her settle in and, and work on her novel, finish her novel, spend time oh, with the I kids. I wouldn't go that far. You know, but this is the kind of stuff you expect to see. Yeah. But no. Fuck no. That's not what you get. You, they, they say, okay, it's time. We're going to... The, she's, she's playing uh, ball with her, with her son in like the courtyard of the apartment complex. And he goes off to get the ball. And then the woman's sister says, oh, it's time. It's time to go to the cemetery. We're like, oh, this makes sense. They're going to bury the murder victim who they just unearthed Mm. because she needed a proper burial. They said that. Fuck no. Fuck no. What happens? I'm getting chills right now just thinking about this. It's like the end of Infinity War except shitty. Yeah. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah. They go to the cemetery and like as they walk into the cemetery, there's nothing natural that reveals this information. It's just like, okay, time for a flashback montage. We're cutting the bullshit. We see her at her therapist talking about, you know, what we had presumed that she was talking about her estranged husband. No, turns out the five-year-old son is dead. The mm. five-year-old son drowned in the swimming pool because she was banging her husband and not paying attention to the boy playing by the water. And we should yeah, we're clarify in bullshit territory right now. <laughs> and we should clarify that the the husband has shown up previously in the film and he's yeah. treated like a total asshole. Right. But it turns out he's just a really good guy. Right. Great guy. Right. And it's like a her s- only fault was wanting to fuck her husband. And there's like a sixth <laughs> sense. It is. Yeah, it's true. Ladies, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> um, don't fuck your husband. Your child will drown. Yeah, no matter what. No matter such a it, terrible <laughs> mixed message. It's awful. Like I was blindsided by this reveal. I mean was, the strangest part is that there's no reason for it to happen. No. No. We have like the movie we have could like, have easily ended before this. Like there's no reason for this twist. Like we have a legitimate is there horrible experience where like a ghost is spawned from that could make this woman's life more complicated. Why do we need this? Yeah. No, no reason it's other there, than I think, for just like a be, soapy twist yeah hey we're clever because you didn't see this twist coming well fuck no i never saw that twist coming because it doesn't fit with anything else in the movie I you know what you know what i did see it coming when when really? the, when the kid was first introduced to the family the aunt early on and i forget what the detail was but there was something where like the kid was not being acknowledged and i was like oh this kid isn't actually there what that thought occurred wow. to me. Wait, are you telling me... Okay, so when you saw... I'm not the, fucking with when you. When you saw The Sixth Sense for the first time, <laughs> did you it know... It had been spoiled for did me. Did you know immediately that that boy... Was, yes, because it had been spoiled for me. Okay. This Chris? Is, this is what they're doing. This is... this is They are trying it's to... It's The Seventh Sense. <laughs> they are trying to do The Sixth Sense. It kind of feels like these other movies we watched where it's yeah. like a, a one director making his movie and he wants to put every movie he ever wanted to make into one movie. But it's like it's like The Sixth Sense except it totally misses the point of what that twist actually yeah. means. Right. 
Yeah. I'm sure you could rewatch this movie, and you do actually see a montage of all the moments in the movie you were supposed to catch that indicate that maybe, I guess, the kid isn't there. Like, every time she talks to the boy, the, like, sister is looking pissed off in the corner because she's talking to the corner, and she's talking to an <laughs> empty chair like Clint Eastwood. Um, <laughs> but out of completely fucking nowhere. And so the last scene is them, like at the fucking cemetery and the husband's there again they're like oh now you can finally realize that little boy's dead and forgive yourself and she actually has a talk with the boy ghost that's in her imagination mm-hmm. and uh you know okay it's not your fault okay i love you and then he dissolves into pixie dust just like the ghost did but fascinating thing there's this therapist who says something like your boy's been dead you've been you made up a nightmare to blah 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 i'm wondering how much of the events of this movie are real and how much of it mm. is part of her own coping delusion guess what i don't care i don't care either but i don't know if the intention was that maybe none of this shit happened the most infuriating thing about it to me is that it kind of undoes the central theme of the movie which is you know i mean the basic idea that there's a lot of violence against women in this movie and the basic you know kind of what you're rooting for in the end is for this guy who has deceived and been shitty to and drugged and attempted to rape a bunch of women gets his comeuppance and then the stinger is basically our heroine is just a standard like crazy woman bitches be crazy is basically the <laughs> message the- <laughs> of the movie in the end yeah and, it's and that that guy you thought was so her asshole strange. husband he was actually the straight shooter the whole time great, great man yeah it's so weird so, okay, but why did you, before you were like, oh, I know why you didn't like the ending. Because you get pissed off when they kill kids in these movies. You know, actually, I didn't react to that in the same way that I did, like, in an, you know, Atude Blanco. Yeah, because when I think something. if you screw in something with prejudice, it's Atude Blanco or one of these one of these movies where, like, they just throw a kid on a fire at the end of the movie, which is basically, <laughs> what, this, basically what this movie does. Yeah. It's just like, hey, that cute kid that you kind of got to know in, like, a few of the scenes of this movie, well... He fucking drowned. Let's watch him drown in a flashback that's way longer than it needs to be. Yeah. Like, I knew he was drowned when you see him, like, you know, reaching for the ball at the edge of the swimming pool. That's all I need to see. I don't need to see him floating in the pool. I don't need to see the male gaze of, like, her shaking her ass while she's, like, trying to swim out to the kid in the pool. Well, this movie, like, hangs so much sympathy on the child, and then we get that final... A lot of this movie, like, our sympathies are, like, aligned with that child who we Mm. don't know is dead for most of the movie. And Mm -hmm. so, like, it feels especially cheap when we find out he's been dead the entire time. Yeah, I'm sort of still unpacking... The f- I mean, it's an interesting point because I didn't react to it the same way that I did um, several other movies. Now, I did find that scene very graphic and I was thinking about it a lot as it was happening. I mean, it goes on forever and it's, uh, I mean, it was gripping, I guess. I mean, I was definitely like, oh my God, that's fucked I up. I was screaming and laughing. I just couldn't believe <laughs> this twist. You were laughing? Yeah. I was laughing oh. in disbelief that, I mean, I wasn't affected by the drama. It was so ridiculous and so unexpected. But I didn't find it, like, sort of horrifying and inhumane to the degree that I did Atud Blanco. And I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have to... I'm going to reflect on that. And I'm going to get back to you that. guys uh, on that next episode, I guess. Okay. But there's no reason. It's like this kid's... Inc- I don't understand what this kid adds to the movie or why his death matters, what it means. It's well, like... I mean, given given the final scene, it means nothing. 
like I don't think it it has anything to it. Mm. Like it kind of like that that cancels everything else. It's out. like it reminds me of when I was doing the writing tutor shit, and someone just like introduces a whole bunch of new ideas in their their conclusion, and you're like, don't do this. <laughs> this is like we're this winding is like, it up. Don't this is like an exquisite thing. corpse that goes horribly wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fuck. Patrick was screaming. I was speechless. I was sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> just a just a real but you're still sticking by that cue it yeah yeah i mean it was certainly an experience that's uh, yeah there's yeah yeah i'm sticking by my cue it fuck you <laughs> my cue it oh my god so what are we watching next time just looking that up tell us daddy <laughs> don't call him daddy how many times do i have to tell you don't that, call me daddy it's a hashtag now it's a meme all right next time we are watching Corbin Nash. What the I fuck knew it is was that? Corbin something. Corbin Nash. Um, Sounds like a biopic. Starring Dean S. Jagger, Corey Feldman, and Malcolm McDowell. Corey Feldman. What year is this? 2018. So, oh, wow. I'm, I'm very alert. Yeah, yeah. After discovering that he hails from a long line of demon hunters, Corbin Nash heads to Los Angeles and battles two brutal, bloodthirsty vampires. All right, let's give it a try, guys. All right. So What's the worst that could Lost happen? Boys is, it, okay. is it shorter or longer than an hour and 52 minutes? Shorter. Perfect. I can deal with that. All right. Well, any other thoughts on uh, Conjuring Spirit or Netflix or anything? It has been wiped from my memory. <laughs> I just want to say what I said originally when I texted you while I was watching it. I was like, Conjuring Spirit makes me wish that someone would conjure my spirit and then kill it. I thought it was a great film. Great. You're upgrading <laughs> it to great now. Just to compensate. Well, I guess that's it. Next time we'll be watching Corbin Nash. Check us out then. In the meantime, you can always find us online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that shit. Stop by, say hi. We love it. Uh, but until we see you again, for every horror movie on Netflix, I'm Chris. I'm Patrick. I'm Stephen. Thanks for listening. <laughs>